And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Spin Rate presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. That's right. This is Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we're here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays here in the early days of the offseason. But there is no offseason in baseball. Just like there's no offseason for me doing the housekeeping thing where I say, go to theathletic.com slash spin rate and subscribe to The Athletic if you don't already. This is the time. This is transaction season. You want to read about potential trade matches or or guys to sign, or what the state of the 40-man roster is, you don't want to read about that. That's not something that you should really be concerned about. Arizona Fall League about to kick off. Stay tuned on this channel for more about that. But in the meantime, subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash spinrate to give you a tidy deal. They'll, you will let them know that we sent you. Everybody's happy. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean. I'm all out of podcast providers. And if you have subscribed to the show from this season, from seasons past, thank you. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to co-host of Spinrate, Caitlin. And it means a lot to the uh, to the the our almost third man in the booth here, vying with the Zoobs for regular friend of the podcast status. If you've been a subscriber to the show, you've heard him on the show before. He is my friend, and I'm excited to talk to him today. His name is Jonah Bierenbaum. Jonah, Mr. Bierenbaum, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Anytime I can be mentioned in the same breath as one Andrew Zuber, uh, I am honored. Uh, and it's always a privilege to join you, my friend. It was a privilege to... So the, one, one of the many reasons that we we have been talking about doing this, Cam and, and I have been talking about doing this, go, go get Jonah, we'll get Jonah on. But you and I got to see each other in real life today. We drank high-octane coffee and uh, and hung out, and we essentially did a dry run of this podcast because those are the kind of losers and lunatics that we are that we haven't seen each other in however long, in and we haven't been able to uh, you know talk about other things, and then here we are being like, so what? Uh, what do you think they're going to do with Mats? What 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 do you think they should do with Stephen Mats? And those are the kind of things that we talk about. So. Let us talk about that thing. And I'm going to ask you a question that is sort of, yeah, now you copy and paste that in there, Cam. I see you. Here's a question for you, Jonah. What does a successful Blue Jays offseason look like? So the reason I'm asking you this before I let you answer is that Caitlin McGrath, co-host of Spin Rate, she wrote a, a post, a post, an article. She's a journalist, after all. Mm. That was a 10-step plan for successful offseason. So she's got her opinions on what makes a successful offseason uh, off for the Blue Jays. And I'd love to know what you think makes for a successful offseason for these Toronto Blue Jays. I, I mean, I think that if they're able to retain one of 
Marcus Semyon or Robbie Ray, that would be hugely successful. And I think that the other additions, the other machinations that they do, um, you know, would, would be icing on the cake because you look at this team as it was constituted at season's end post uh, Alec Manoa promotion, post trade deadline edition of Jose Barrios. And it was an exceptionally complete team. Uh, they played plus 600 ball in the second half. And that wasn't, you know, merely a byproduct of playing the Orioles a disproportionate amount of the time. They're just a really, really uh, incredibly demonstrably talented baseball team um, at season's end. Uh, they're a team that had they made the postseason, had a very legitimate shot of making and winning the World Series. So I think that if you can retain, you know, one of the two uh, massively critical uh, impending free agents who were so instrumental to their success in 2021. That's a pretty successful offseason. They're go- you bring back one of those two guys, they're going to be really, really good at worst. You find a way to bring back both of those guys, they're going to be unequivocally one of the best teams in baseball. But I think that um, you know there are there are pathways to them being a juggernaut without necessarily resigning both those guys. And if you simply bring back one of them, uh, I think that they're going to be in an incredibly advantageous position for 2022 and beyond. And it would be hard not to see the offseason as a success if Marcus Semyon is back playing uh, every day for the Blue Jays next year or if Robbie Ray is uh, potentially starting on opening day. So that you've all, not maybe not answered my question, but. If dollars yeah, do aside, that. if dollars <laughs> aside, is there one that you think need one of the two big name free agents that the Blue Jays are facing? Is there one that they should prioritize in your mind over the other? Yeah. And uh, I, I'm pretty confident in saying that it should be Marcus Semyon. In his last two full seasons, he has eclipsed six and a half wins above replacement. Uh, he's a, a middle infielder who has you know, corner infield, uh, power, uh, he plays every single day and that's not unique to 2021. He has a tremendous durability. Uh, the intangibles are lauded about by everyone within the organization and everyone outside of the organization. And just from an investment standpoint, uh, I, I'm much more comfortable giving a nine figure contract to a high floor position player who at his worst is going to be giving you two marginal wins a year. Um, and, you know, as, as much as I do believe Robbie Ray made substantive changes to his delivery this year that enabled him to pound the strike zone with unprecedented regularity and throw harder, he's also a 30-year-old starting pitcher who gets by on velocity and uh, has a tremendous volatility in his track record. And, you know, if it were up to me, I would absolutely, um, you know, without without hesitation, uh, be be giving that bag to Marcus Semyon over Robbie Way in the event that they could only sign one. But they can absolutely afford to spend both. This is a team that beyond 2023 only has George Springer's money on the books. Uh, now, obviously, if you're if you're uh, doing the long term financial calculus and you're you're uh, earmarking money for extensions for potentially Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, uh, guys like that, you know, you don't necessarily want to spend all that cash um, that you've sort of uh, designated for, for, for future expenditures, but you know, they absolutely can afford to bring them both back and that would be great. Uh, having said that, ultimately, 
if they could only sign one, it would it would definitely be Simeon in my mind. I think I agree. I think that Simeon ticks the boxes in terms of who is who am I more likely to want to give my money to in terms of risk, in terms of value, and in terms of need. I think that um that there's just the downside for Marcus Simeon is 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 is, a, is as you said a high floor middle reliever. He excelled playing second base. He is more than uh, uh, more than adept at playing shortstop defensively. So there's second base is a position that you can I think age pretty well into, especially now in the game where you don't get blown up. Right, the guys aren't getting shit sent into left field, um, which as I've said before, I miss. I'm, I will not lie. I think it's great when people get exploded at second base, but safety first and safety of a long career for Marcus Simeon. I'm all for, um, I, I agree with you. And this is something that you and I spoke about before. And it's also something Caitlin and I spoke about uh, yesterday or sorry, last, last time we spoke, which is, uh, on, on last week's episode about the, the way that, that Robbie Ray uses his slider is he's not a two pitch pitcher. You know, as, as we talked about that, that pitch has so many dimensions to it. And if he's able to continue to throw it to both sides of the plate against both handed hitters, that's a huge weapon. And to, to, to call it a single pitch or to call him a two pitch pitcher does him a great disservice. That said, there is a ton of risk in any starter, especially a starter who has recently as last year walked the ballpark. And I, this is, this is, I know this sounds now like we are already talking ourselves out of Robbie Ray. Like we didn't like that guy anyway. Like Austin Martin can't hit glad he's gone. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not where I'm coming from. But if there's one bag to distribute, um, there's such a reduced amount of risk for a guy to be an impact player along with the rest of that core. So, so is, I guess that's where I think, and, and I, I guess I'll put it back to you then. Is it that you're more in favor, I guess, of Simeon or more afraid of Ray? I think I'm just more in favor of Simeon. Uh, but at the same time, and, and look, I want to be very clear. I am not casting aspersions on Robbie Ray. I think that uh, you know, he, he was it, it, the way he transformed himself this year was absolutely incredible. And I think that he has legitimately made changes that are sustainable and going to lead to sustained success. However, if the Blue Jays are prepared to spend $100 million on a starting pitcher, why not go out and sign Max Scherzer to a shorter term deal, uh, mitigate a lot of the risk that comes with signing Robbie Ray, who historically has not been a strike thrower and uh, I, I mean, I, I just think there are, there are, uh, you know, legitimate concerns, which isn't to say that Robbie Ray is regression bound and going to be bad moving forward. Um, I just, A, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Marcus Semyon because why wouldn't you be? And B, I think that there are maybe safer ways to invest in the rotation uh, with, with comparable upside. So let's talk about that rotation then. So with or without Robbie Ray and with or without Steven Matz, uh, unless they, which I think would be very unlikely to resign both of those two individuals in particular, they're going to have some holes to fill. 
So are you, do you imagine it is a successful offseason if the Blue Jays fill one of those uh, rotation spots with money via free agency? There, as Caitlin points out in her piece, there are a lot of kind of very famous names. And I know that I know how you feel about, say, Max Scherzer. Uh, which is similar to how a lot of people feel. And I, I saw, I, I thought this was a good line from a, from a Yankee fan friend of mine, which was like, offer Max Scherzer like two years and $80 million, $80 million. And, and dare him to turn it down. Dare him to turn it down. But, you know, Ver, between the Verlanders and Clayton Kershaw is not going to be a free agent. I, I, he'll never wear another jersey for his entire career. Uh, Kevin Gossman, you know, Marcus Stroman, who's already kind of been like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm happy, open to a reunion, which I don't think that's as likely, that's even less likely than Clayton Kershaw. But, or do you think that the Blue Jays are more likely to go with, um, find the next Steven Matz, maybe on the free agent or trade, uh, on the trade front, um, rather than kind of going through a more, um, traditional route to filling some of those spots. I mean, I, I think given the top end strength of their rotation, even absent Robbie Ray with Alec Manoa, with Jose Barrios, with Hunjin Ryu, uh, I, I would be surprised if they spent. I'm, I'm waiting for you to list the top <laughs> end guy there. I wondered if I could sneak him past you, um, but much like he cannot sneak a fastball past the major league hitter. I couldn't get that one past you. How dare um, you. Uh, I would be surprised if there was a big outlay for a free agent starting pitcher that wasn't uh, Robbie Ray, as much as, you know, I was moments ago uh, extolling the virtues of, of spending big on Max Scherzer. Uh, I, I could definitely see them taking, uh, you know, the Steven Matz kind of route where you take a, a reclamation project and uh, try to, you know, get 30 quality starts out of them. And, um, but you know, I also think that there's there's a wealth of sort of those guys available in free agency this year, whereas last year there was not. And, you know, last year they had to give up Sean Reed Foley and Yancy Diaz uh, to go get Steven Matz. Um, and this year they can, you know, hang on to those guys. Not to say that those guys were, you know, um, guys that the Blue Jays were really, really eager to retain. But, uh, you know, taking a gander at uh, the available starting pitchers uh, in free agency this year, I think there's a lot of intriguing options uh, that the Blue Jays would be very inclined to to go after as opposed to spending, you know, I don't know, $30, $40 million on, say, Anthony Desclafani. Former Blue Jay great Anthony Desclafani, uh, after all. Again, I, I feel like the uh, like a Jose Barrios-type deal uh, seems more in line with how the front office is likely to act and, and paying, you know, a minimal cost in terms of, the guys are giving up, you know, in terms of what those guys represent to you, where they're, where that, where they lie on the, you know, depth chart and what they, what the team thinks about them. And, and not that again, as I, my, my position on this has been clear many times before, which is I, I don't want to trade. If I'm the Blue Jays, I'm not looking to trade a guy and have him show up and be no good. Right. I, I'm, I'm happy for if the Blue Jays are able to trade a guy and they get, they get him to camp and then he, gets to be something right there's belief there, I, as i've said a million times i like for there to be belief in the player development that the blue jays are are investing so heavily in so yeah maybe maybe like one of those lower end guys um you know there's always there's going to be lots of pitching out there i think as well you know in terms of you think about what what are the padres going to do where like are they going to have to reload are they going to have to you know unload are they you know there's always there's always the rays Right, God only knows what what the Rays are going to want to do. Is Tyler Glass not going to be a Ray next year? Is anybody? 
like there's there's a lot of, uh, of of things to consider, and and you know, God, Michael Pineda, I don't even want to think about that. Uh, he, he would uh, be a great fit just based on the the clear approach the Blue Jays have, which is get the most enormous pitchers in on the planet. Manoa, Ryu, <laughs> Pearson, Big Mike would be would fit in tremendously in that regard. He would be a great fit, unlike Michael Pineda in a standard airline <laughs> seat, because that is all kinds of man. Uh, I made this joke on Twitter, like there's no he cannot get his pants made normally, like he like buy them normally. He off cannot buy off the rack. No chance. He would wear the rack before he would wear <laughs> pants off the rack. Bless Big Mike, Michael Pineda. We'll be right back with more spin rate, but first. Check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Another name that's on Kalen's list, and again, someone else that I know that you have opinions on, um, is Nate Pearson. So, number one, do you think Nate Pearson is going to figure prominently into the rotation in 2022? Um, and why not? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to be given every opportunity to earn a rotation spot, and uh, as he should be. Like, we, we have... <laughs> rhapsodized about his stuff for so long. Uh, we saw him harness it for most of September in a relief role. And uh, it's, it's time for him to, to get that opportunity uh, to start and, and run with it. Um, you know, outside of Pearson, there aren't a ton of internal candidates who are really going to be fighting, uh, you know, arriving in Dunedin, contending for a rotation spot after him. It's like, you know, Thomas Hatch and Zach Lowe, guys with either minimal or no big league experience. Uh, so I think there's going to be a very real opportunity there for uh, Nate Pearson, uh, irrespective of whether or not, um, you know, they, they, they bring in, uh, you know, a, a low end uh, starting pitcher via free agency. Uh, the, the, you know, if, if this team is going to uh, reach its ceiling, I think that includes Nate Pearson pitching, uh, effectively in a starting role. And, you know, as, as much as he enjoyed his first sort of stretch of success in the big leagues this year, pitching in relief, uh, it's still too early, I believe, uh, to commit him as a full-time reliever. And I think the Blue Jays recognize that as well. And I think that his, uh, potential is, is going to factor into their offseason approach too, uh, with respect to who they go out and get. Like, I don't think that, you know, they're, they're going to, uh, load up on, on back end starting pitching free agents, uh, at the expense of Nate Pearson getting an opportunity. Like he's, he's going to be in the mix. Uh, and in my mind, he absolutely should be. 
other names, of course, that are in the mix for guys who will get starts. You know, Anthony K, who you um, have a personal vendetta against. I find <laughs> it a little bit on the ugly side. Uh, Ross Stripling, who is, uh, you know, Ross Stripling put some good work in for the Blue Jays this year. You know, I, I think it's easy to remember the bad starts and easy to remember him getting shelled. But it was really effective when he when he made that change and was very much like, I got to fix this or otherwise I'll be out of the big leagues. He did. So he did well. So he's definitely getting tendered a contract. I think so. I think so. What? What? What did? You, I don't know if you have remember offhand what was his his arb reward uh, as calculated by Matt Schwartz and the folks about, that uh, about four and a half million, which is fine. Like, who's who's scoffing at that for Ross Stripling mm-hmm. for what he he gives? For uh, the other thing, I would say is like the the value in terms of what you know about him if you're the Blue Jays as as a guy who listens and a guy who gets it. So according to MLB trade rumors, the projected arbitration salaries for 2022, Ross Stripling comes in at 4.4 million bucks. So that's not to say that that's gospel what it was going to be, but I don't think it's un, it's fair to say it'll be on either side of that, you know, a couple hundred thousand bucks. Um, but I love the idea of Nate Pearson starting and I, and, and I love the idea that he went out every other day and pitched this season and it went really well a he learned i think uh, he hopefully was able to recognize that like my stuff's really good and i just need to to throw it uh, i need to throw just pump not not pump it down the middle but obviously like just be aggressive and and i can get guys out and they have a hard time barreling me and and the other thing i i think i hope was the thing that maybe being in the bullpen can teach a guy like nate pearson that a guy like alec manoa didn't doesn't need to learn and Alabama pitched in the SEC he pitched games that needed to matter for his program for you know his school for his team you know he learned to pitch when he was hungover which I wouldn't suggest that he's doing in the big leagues but being able to pitch when you're not at your best being able to to look, recognize that a pitch isn't working and go to other pitches to be able to experiment to be able to sort of figure things out and grind and gut it out and I think we saw such great stuff from Pearson, but also just pitching every other day through the stretch run and in, in, in higher as increasingly high leverage spots too. I hope my hope is that he'll be able to take some of those lessons and take some of that, you know, a, the ability to simplify and B the ability to kind of change gears as required. I think that's a big part of being a starting pitcher in the big leagues. And I'm hoping that this sort of trial run in the bullpen gave him learn the, the opportunity to learn things that he didn't necessarily learn, you know, pitching in junior college and then pitching yeah, coming up through the minor leagues where, you know, they're, they try to, you know, it's, it's a tough balance to strike. I think in the minor leagues in terms of wanting to win, wanting it to be like a bit of a laboratory, um, but also wanting to protect a, an arm and a guy with like Pearson who has been, been hurt so much. So it's like, he's been in rehab, constant rehab starts for almost his entire time as a professional. So letting him kind of like take this, take the, 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 the guide wires off, let him sort of just go, um, hopefully will be the best thing for him. Yeah. And, and to your point, I mean, this past September when he was called up, uh, was really the first time he's had sort of an uninterrupted stretch, uh, at the big league level. Like last year, he made four starts, uh, before he got hurt and was shut down for, you know, effectively the, the entire season. Um, but, uh, you know, this is the first time he got into a groove and, and was able to, to really just focus on, um, you know, 
like you said, learning how to attack guys, learning how to make adjustments, um, because so many of his other developmental opportunities were fraught by those those other factors. So, yeah, I'm optimistic. I mean, you know, you see a guy who's who's pumping a hundred with a, with a good slider, and he didn't really use his changeup all that much in relief. But you know, the stuff is there, and we've been saying that for a long time. And uh, I believe the opportunity is going to be there for him uh, to to run with with a starting job. He just has to do it. So I'll just ask you a couple more. We don't need to be here all day, but this will be this will take time. So let me ask you about the bullpen. What do you think would make for a successful winter in for the Blue Jays bullpen? Obviously, there's going to be big names out there. There was some talk, uh, would have been uh, uh, Storm and Bob Nightingale. I think I've uh, made a comment today about about maybe the White Sox picking up Craig Kimbrell's option and then trying looking to trade him. Are you in the mindset of like the Blue Jays need to go like with an arm like that with somebody who has a huge high ceiling, a huge track record, but also like a big um, potential uh, opportunity or acquisition cost or someone who's going to need to come in and do a very specific role? Or are you are you good with the group that they've got? I think you would be crazy if you said yes to that question. Just FYI. Uh, so what do you think? What makes for a successful offseason in terms of the, the bullpen um, for 2022? I mean, I think it would be. I think it's necessary for them to add another sort of rule five reliever who they're comfortable and trusting in leverage. Most of the guys right now who were pitching, you know, the late innings in 2021 were, were kind of rule specific, you know, Simber, you don't really trust against lefties, uh, you know, Mesa, he had a really nice season against righties, but uh, you know, you don't necessarily have the most confidence uh, against say, you know, the meat of the Yankees lineup with, with Mesa going, uh, you know, they really only had uh, Romano who like, you know, you can throw out there irrespective of, you know, the who's due up handedness and have confidence that he's going to get it done, miss bats, um, you know, protect the lead. So I, I do think that they need to add one other guy for, for the late innings, but I, you know, I, I think just given the nature of um, how pitch design and, and pitch pitcher development has evolved in, in the last three, four or five years, they don't need to necessarily uh, empty their wallets or, or their prospect cupboard for say a, a Craig Kimbrell, you know, Kendall Graven's going to be available this offseason too. And he had a monster year this year. Um, there, there are guys like that with, I think, high leverage, uh, not only potential, but, but experience who they could get uh, for, for considerably cheaper, but, you know, they add sort of one of those guys who you're, you're, you're maybe uh, interesting with the setup role. And all of a sudden it, it bumps everyone down a peg and, and you're feeling pretty good about the bullpen. Uh, I think, um, you know, uh, considering where they were in May and June with, with their relief core, I think they did a really nice job of revamping it and making it uh, passable uh, for, for the stretch run. And, uh, you know, a lot of those guys are, are still in place, you know, Simber's going to be under control for a while. So is Trevor Richards, uh, obviously Jordan Romano is, um, you know, uh, and Tim Meza is too. So that's, that's not a bad core. I think they just need one more guy, uh, that, uh, can, can take some of the pressure off some of those guys who are maybe better suited, uh, to situational, uh, roles. Yeah. I think that the the point about the acquiring these players who weren't immediately you know not rentals the guys that are going to be around uh, Richards Simber uh, uh, being the two even Jacob Barnes uh, uh, Jacob Barnes yeah who is you know just a guy but you know you never know I think that the the what we learned last year watching this team is that there the every bullpen is is fraught with 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 volatility and injury lurking around every corner. So to not address it with some like 
guys that you expect to have significant roles as well as the kind of flyery guys that the Blue Jays have shown a pretty good ability to identify and bring in and get some value from in terms of, you know, even like AJ Cole or, or, uh, what's the, the guy, Anthony, the fish guy, Anthony Bass <laughs> as like a guy that they're able to bring in, you know, with that, with that low cost or low acquisition cost, but then also, uh, get a lot of good stuff out of him and then have him go off and sign a nice deal that he earned because by pitching so well. Um, and I, here's a name for you. Uh, David Phelps. Sign him back. Bring him home. Why not? I mean, he's not going to cost you anything. Um, you know, after missing the the majority of this season, he made 11 appearances. Um, and in 2020 was, uh, on aggregate ineffective, um, mm-hmm. cause he gave up a billion home runs. Uh, sure. Why not bring him back? Bring him back. I, I mean, that's not a guy who, even if he's sort of realizing his 90th percentile projections, is pitching the eighth inning for for a World Series contending Toronto Blue Jays team. But yeah, there there are guys like that. Why um, not? Good enough for Daniel Hudson. Good enough for David Phelps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wouldn't he give up? One I think Hudson's run? available too, right? Yeah, yeah. All, all those guys are out there. So I, I, I like that idea. The ability to um, to just stack arms on arms and and continue to to see there are, there are also some in, interesting guys i think in the blue jay system that maybe we could see uh you know there are the the more obvious names um some guys that might get need to get added to the 40 man roster um and then the the name that i that i <laughs> shared with you today <laughs> fitz stadler my guy fitz stadler who's six foot nine and throws 100 miles an hour uh free up free up fitz stadler just you, you need you need a donkey, you know. You need a donkey in the pen. You, you need you need a John Rauch, um, or your bullpen's incomplete. Uh, and a six nine two forty five triple digit hucking monster is, uh, is is necessary. It's just necessary. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The other piece of business that we may or may not see this winter is what about an extension for one of uh, the existing position players? There are a number of candidates Obviously, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will enter arbitration for the first time. Uh, Bo Bichette is not arbitration eligible yet, as he's not a Super 2. 
uh, Teoscar Hernandez, I believe, is entering his last year of arbitration. Does that sound right? Or has he got I two more I think his pen- penultimate year of arbitration. Uh, you know, Lourdes Gurriel, no one needs to worry about him with, uh, with contracts. He's got a super stuff. friendly contract, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, even Danny Jansen is now into, um, into arbitration. Do any of these players attract you or worry you? Or what are the things you might want to see before, if you are the Toronto Blue Jays, sliding a piece of paper with a big old number on it across the table to any of those player representatives? I mean... Those two key guys, right? The, the the sort of obvious extension candidates. They're just so early into their careers, and they're still very much uh, developing. And um, you know, I, 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 it's really tough to say. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to the Blue Jays sliding, you know, a thirteen-year contract um, under Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s nose, and and you know, making him into a statue. But at the same time, you know, he's coming off. Uh, one of the greatest seasons ever offensively for a 22 year old. I don't know if this is the right value point for the Blue Jays to do that. Um, it's certainly possible that it is. And he only continues to get better and more expensive. Hell, who knows? Maybe he moves back to third base and gets himself left side of the infield money as opposed to first baseman money. You're um, out of your mind. That's amazing. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who's playing third base for this team next year. Do you? Yeah. His name is Jose Ramirez. He Let's go. He's under contract in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um so, and then, uh, and then with Boba Shed, you know. Well, let, I, let, let, okay, sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. The first thing I'll say with Vlad, and this is something that I remember Shai Davidi said when, when I had him on this show, which is like, maybe you want to see him do it again, not because you don't think he can hit, but because you want to see him show up and damage, show that commitment to the fitness aspect that is very clearly integral to his success, um, because that's a lot to ask to 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 work at that level to to do to do what it takes it's a lot to ask but also it's like if i'm giving you 300 million dollars that's what i'm going to ask so i'm not going to necessarily give it to you until i can until you we can have an agreement that this is how it needs to work so that's my only i i i, I kind of get that I, you, you know me and, and the people who listen to this show know me that I'm like, give everybody their money. But like, that would be my only pause is, is come back to, and, and, and show us, you know, and that like even Miguel Cabrera, right? Miguel Cabrera went through this. Miguel Cabrera, you know, was, had a, uh, was, was a, I haven't even said a word because I'm trying to find the right way to say that Miguel Cabrera was had an was an alcoholic or or had a was a problem drinker and and got himself into trouble a bunch of times and then was able to kind of like you know get well and it was it didn't deter from his his progress as a baseball player which is secondary to his growth as a person and to in that and that wellness but you know that was a, that was something that he had to solve. Uh, in order to to continue to be the best player, the best hitter in the game, and I'm not suggesting that Vlad's fitness and 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 uh, alcohol issues with Miguel Cabrera are the same, but those are the, that's kind of like a, I need to I'm going to need to see it from you because we know what you can do, we've seen what you can do, do it even a little bit, come to yeah. spring training in, in shape, come to spring training ready to go, be the same, be at that same fitness level, do do the things that needed to be done all, all winter. And then that's when, in the old days, especially when you get those contracts done, like first week of April, if 
if spring training goes and you show up and, and are doing the things that you need to be done, bang, I'm all for whatever you want to pay him at that point. And I also think with Vlad, uh, he set himself up so well for his first season of arbitration financially that like he's going to get so paid throughout the arbitration process and he's poised to hit free agency after what is age 25 or 26 season. Like mm-hmm. for him, I think to, to, to sign one of those, uh, you know, Fernando Tatis junior contracts right now, you're going to probably have to overpay. Like he, he doesn't need the money, right? He's Vladimir Guerrero's son. And he's going to make, you know, well, he, $70 million dollars to the arbitration process, all told. Here's my my guess. Right now, he's, uh, according to the same Matt Schwartz that we, that we referenced earlier, uh, set to earn in and around $8 million this time through arbitration. If nothing else changes, which it almost for sure will, but even if, if with, the, with the structure as it was, he would be probably, my guess would be like 8, 12, 16, 20. Even if it's a little bit less, eight, 11, 14, 20, something like that, right? You, you think about the trajectory that like Moogie Betts was on, like even, you know, Cody Bellinger got 10 million bucks his first time through. I think it went probably was a year later and after having won the Cy Young, but or the MVP, but like, so what's that, right? That's 50 or $60 million, which I think is the, the number that you just said by the time he passed. I was, I was a little higher, yeah. um, but after he won the 2022. Uh, American League P award, uh, you know that's going to escalate uh, what, his his earnings as well. You're burying Shohei Otani now. You got him. You got him in the grave. I man, I don't know how many innings Otani's going to throw next year. I, I'm never sorry. Do it again. <laughs> it's exactly. You saw it once. Uh, you'll tell your grandkids, and that's it. He'll never do it again. It's too hard. Yeah, it's too hard. It's crazy that's, that he did. Why, it why do you once. think he crumbled? And the it, crumbled is strong. Why do you think he slowed down in the second half? Because he's a human being and human beings can't pitch every six day and also hit every single day at the big league level and not uh, collapse physically and run the bases to uh, hit oh triples and steal. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, Oh, sorry, go well, ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, but ultimately I think to get Vlad at this point, given the leverage that he's uh, afforded himself and the leverage that he arrived in major league baseball with financially being the son of Vladimir Guerrero, um, you're going to have to overpay. Um, you're gonna have to really uh, give him a, a, a outrageous amount of money to get him to sign away, you know, the the bulk of his free agent years. So I don't know that this is the right time uh, for the Blue Jays, um, and I would be surprised if they got an extension done with him this offseason. I would also be surprised if they got an extension done with Bo Bichette because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think that he made considerable strides defensively at shortstop this year. Um, I think that he had a really nice season in spite of uh, his utter lack of selectivity at the plate. Um, and, you know, he, he, he was great. He was an all-star, uh, you know, almost a five-win player outstanding. But I think there are questions, um, ultimately. Is he a shortstop long-term? I don't know. If they go out and sign Marcus Semien, um, or Corey Seager, um, you know, does, does Bo Bichette end up at second base? I don't know. Um, is the success he enjoyed this year replicable um, with the approach that he has? Because it's hard, man. It's really hard, as you and I were talking about earlier, to swing at every single pitch. I think he had the fourth highest swing rate in big league baseball this year and produce offensively at a rate that's 23% better than league average. So, yeah, I think the Blue Jays are going to want to answer some questions about him uh, before they slide him, you know, uh, a contract worth 
$75 million less than Fernando Tatis Jr. Because, you know, you look at the numbers that he's put up through his first effectively season and a half in the big leagues. They're really, really good. They, they, you know, if you're looking solely at the numbers, um, they warrant a massive, massive deal. Um, and I don't know that the Blue Jays right now are prepared to make that level of investment um, given the questions that still exist about Bobachet's game. That is a little bit scary um, that, that I agree with you. That's terrifying. Um, no. <laughs> I know kids. I'm scared too. But to be that, to have him in that same breath as, as, as Tatis Jr., I think it probably would give a lot of people um, pause. Uh, his, his batted ball profile, you know, on, on baseball perspectives, like similar batters is like Ian Desmond, uh, Wilson Ramos, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Like maybe not the statue contract types. Who I who you're maybe not as eager to sign for two hundred million dollars or more. I am very happy to be patient with Bo Bichette if I'm the Blue Jays. Um, no matter what happens with the CBA, like he's going to get paid because he's good and he's having great years. Uh, and and there are questions about his defense. There are questions about the ability to make the decisions he makes at the plate. Um, but. If I'm the Blue Jays, I'm ha- I think I would say that I'm happy to pay through the nose to be repeatedly sh- proven wrong. Like I would ha- I'm happy to pay for the pleasure of paying for the production that Bobichet uh creates after the fact. Like I'm I think I I feel good about that because it's not an approach that you would teach. It's not it's there is risk in it. So if I'm like, you know what? Prove me wrong. And uh, and I'll cut a check, and I'll cut a check when you when you're first. If you have another four or five win year, and you hit however many, what how many home runs did he hit this year? Twenty nine, twenty nine. If you hit thirty home runs next year, and you have an OBP of three forty, three fifty, three twenty, is it's going to cost me a lot of money? And I'm okay with that. I will happily, and that's something that Alex Anthopoulos, you know, used to used to say, which was, you know, when in in those earlier days, 2012, 2013, that's when it was like pre arb deals everywhere. Everyone was getting ARB deals and two years of, of options and three years of options. And in a lot of ways, it's like arbitration are the, those are option years in a lot of ways. And, and I don't think that, that given the way that he produces, it's a bad thing to pay him after the fact and let him continually, if he wants to go year to year and you were, and you are like, if you keep building this case and you keep making huge ARB rewards, Oh well, like tw- darn. Here I am paying out the nose for a five-win shortstop every year in and year out. Like to me, that make I'm I'm very comfortable doing that. It's not my money, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the the cautionary tale for the early arb extension for a player who swings at every pitch is right there in right field. They're I guess sitting on the bench now in in Randall Grichik, right? I think um, with with the high risk approach. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, with I'm you. rolling I'm, my eyes. You did this on purpose. You set me up. You did this just to get me. I, I did no such thing. There's no trolling here. There's a hundred percent trolling. The, the goddamn Randall Richard contract. I, it's fine. It's fine. He makes nothing. He makes baseball peanuts. He takes up a roster spot. That's the problem. It's not the financial cost. It's the opportunity cost. But that's not what the most people's beef with it is. If everyone was like, oh, I can't believe they extended and they should have just let him go through arbitration and then walk and hit free agency. Okay. 
I think they were a little bit afraid of the, the Players Association at that time, 20, going into 2019, because they didn't have anybody to give their money to. Marcus Stroman. He didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, you just, you just used Randall Gritchick and Bobichet in the same breath. You did it. Oh, my God. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. All I'm saying is um, with players, with extreme approaches um, who are very, very early in their big league careers, you can wait. And I'm with you. I'd rather pay up big after being uh, proven wrong um, than, you know, overcommit to a guy who is, you know, once pitchers just stop throwing and pitches in the zone is going to put up an OBP of 308. And I think Bobachet's going to be a really or good player. 288. <laughs> well, I, I, I wanted to steer away a little bit from, from the Gritchick, uh, <laughs> the Gritchick comp, but um, yeah, I, I, there's, there's obviously some risk in, in waiting, but I think um, it's, it's the right move. It's the right move, especially because there's so many other guys that they could give their money to go, Hey, go sign, go extend Jose Barrios. Go do that. Yeah. I'd, I'm into that. I, I would I would rather extend Jose Brios over any of them. Yep, I'm uh, with including you. Teoscar Hernandez. Yep, I'm with you. Who I love, um, like awesome. my one of my own children. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There, it, he also think, swings at everything, and he's 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 a really good hitter. But he also had a 350 Babbitt this year, and um, he hits know. the ball hard as fuck. Oh, this podcast gone off the rails. He he hits the ball hard. There's a, everything to love about Teoscar Hernandez, but there is risk in his approach. Like he's, and to use your word, is swing decisions. Like, which is that it's always a swing decision. Swing is the decision, period, mm-hmm. end of story. There's nothing to um, decide. He's swinging. Yeah. Cause you can hit, I can barrel that. I'll stick him. You, mm-hmm. you, who is this guy out of that Lenny Dykstra story about Steve Carlton? <laughs> the greatest left hander of all time. Who's that who old is, fart out there? That's yeah. Steve Carlton. Bill, Billy Bean is like shaking in his boots. Absolutely yeah. terrified, and Lane Dykstra's too too ignorant to be scared. You gotta you gotta admire that. You do you, um, uh, especially when it comes to the police. When you're like, I'm not afraid of you. You can't stop me, John Law. And then you're in prison. <laughs> um, um, Jose Barrios, though, 27 year old Jose Barrios, um, with his high floor, uh, his pretty high ceiling, and his track record of of durability. Um, lock him up. Lock him up for sure. That, that I would have no hesitation about. I mean, obviously he's on the precipice of, of free agency, but um, yeah, you know, you, you have him and Manoa anchoring the rotation for the next half decade or so. That's a, a pretty solid foundation to, to build upon. I'm making a face that you can see, but they can't. And that's like, maybe I give Robbie Ray's money to Jose Barrios. I was thinking that feel too. pretty good about it in the yep. end. Um, he's 27. Robbie Ray's 30. Both ancient, aged men, <laughs> decrepit, graying senior citizens in the ba- on, on this team in particular. The bones are their money. <laughs> I'm looking through this arbitration list, thinking about players that the Blue Jays can like ransack. Like, oh yeah, yoinks, take me one of those. Mostly like looking at pirates. Like, which 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 guy are the pirates least likely to value appropriately? And uh, then you know, maybe you don't want to deal with the pirates because what's his name? Uh, Charrington. Charrington knows the system too well. He'll yeah. not, he'll make good, he'll make he'll non-pirate choices. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Jonah, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Tell the people where they can find you on social media, where they can get your hot, flaming takes. Yeah, hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram, at Bierenball, B-I-R-E-N-B-A-L-L. I'm there, usually uh, infuriating someone with some some baseball take. Uh, hit me up. Hit him up uh, and wish him and the Dodgers, who are my former men's league club, the best as they head into the semifinals. Rain might be threatening the, the weekend, but the Dodgers, with their ace on the hill, although he doesn't, he doesn't have... Uh, the other half of the battery making the making the, the right calls, putting down the right fingers at the right time. But I'm sure he'll persevere. What I will say is that you, my friend, were the key to my turnaround on the mound this season. I was having a bit of an up and down season. Uh, but then you came in for the nightcap of a doubleheader. You caught the whole game. I think I allowed one over the minimum. Um, by far my strongest outing of the year. And since then, I've been a pitcher transformed. You are... You're the Pete Walker to my to my Robbie Ray, um, and uh, and 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 our uh, our improbable uh, run to the championship. I don't think happens without without you stepping in that day. I don't think that's unfair to say. <laughs> I don't think that's unfair to say at all. I think it's very fair to say. All right, his name is Jonah Bierenbaum. My name is Drew Fair Service, and I. It was my pleasure to have him on the show. It was my pleasure to have the opportunity to speak with you. And we'll be back again in no time with Caitlin McGrath on the very next edition of Spirit.